All right, 2 Kings chapter 5. All right, let me turn over there. And, of course, uh, we're going to jump into the end of a, a story. Of course, you, in this chapter, you find the story of uh, Nahum, of course, the, the leper, and we know the story about that. And then, uh, you know, he came to Elijah, and at first he didn't want to listen to Elijah, then he did. <clears throat> then he got healed, and then after he comes back, he offers gifts to Elijah, who refuses them. So we see what happens here. So we're going to pick up in verse 15, 2 Kings chapter 5, and we'll pick up in verse 15. It says, And he returned to the man of God. Of course, talking about Nahum, returns to Elijah. He and all his company and came and stood before him. And he said, Behold, now I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. Now therefore I pray thee, take a blessing of thy servant. But he said, As the Lord liveth before whom I stand, I will receive none. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. And, you know, this reminds me, right, when Abraham, right, he wouldn't, he wouldn't take a, 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 an offering of the kings, you know, and, uh, you know, you think, man, you know, these people can afford and all that, but hey, you know, our testimony <laughs> is more important than any amount of money, amen? God's glory is more important than any amount of money. Uh, the, the soul is more important than any amount of money. And so, you know, he one day, you know, they, in these situations, they want to make sure that God got all the glory uh, for it and that this was a God. Man didn't have nothing to do with it. And verse 17, and Naaman said, shall there not, shall there not then I pray thee be given to thy servant two mules burden of earth for thy servant will henceforth offer neither burnt offering nor sacrifice unto other gods, but unto the Lord. In this thing, the Lord, pardon thy servant. I think it's kind of interesting couple of verses here. <laughs> that when my master goeth into the house of Ramon to worship there, and he leaneth on my hand, and I bow myself in the hands, uh, house of Ramon, when I bow down myself in the house of Ramon, the Lord, pardon thy servant in this thing. And he said unto him, go in peace. So he departed from him a little way. Then we pick up in verse 20. But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, Behold, my master has spared Naaman, the Syrian, in not receiving at his hands that which he brought. But as the Lord liveth, I will run after him and take something of him. So Gehazi uh, followed after Naaman, and when Naaman saw him running after him, he lighted down from the chariot to meet him and said, Is all well? And he said, All is well. My master has sent me, saying, Behold, even now there be come to, to me from Mount Ephraim two young men of the sons of the prophets. Give him, I pray thee, a talent of silver and two changes of garments. And Naaman said, Be content, take two talents. And he urged him and bound two talents of silver in two bags with two changes of garments and laid them upon two of his servants, and they bare them before him. And when he came to the tower, he took them from their hand and bestowed them in the house, and he let the men go, and they departed. But he went in and stood before his master. And Elisha said unto him, Whence comest thou, Gehazi? And he said, Thy servant went no, no whither. And he said unto him, Went not my heart with thee? When the man turn again from his chariot to meet thee, is it a time to receive money and to receive garments and olive yards? and vineyards, and sheep, and oxen, and men servants and maidservants. The leprosy, therefore, of Naaman shall cleave unto thee and unto thy seed forever. And he went out from his presence a leper as white as snow. Mm. Let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, again, we come before you through the blood and name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, again, we just thank you for the privilege of meeting together. We thank you, Lord, for your faithful servants uh, that are here tonight. We thank you for those that, Lord, even though uh, they're sick or they're not able to be here, Lord, uh, they're listening in and participating. And so, Lord, thank you, Lord, that uh, we're united together, whether it's here, uh, Lord, or just uh, we're all around the throne of God and we're gathered together around the Word of God. And, Lord, we thank you for that. And, uh, Lord, again, we think about those prayer requests tonight, uh, Lord, uh, uh, those that uh, need assurance of salvation, uh, those that have physical need, Lord, we think of uh, the McLeans, we think of uh, Sister Sarah, we think of the Canes, and uh, others, dear God, that are upon our heart, God, be with them where they are tonight, <laughs> touch them and bless uh, them. Lord, thank you for the praises tonight, uh, dear God, that we heard from Sister Karen, we give you uh, glory for that. And, uh, Lord, we do pray for Sister Judy's situation with the apartment, Lord. That's been going on for some time. And Lord, we just ask you, Lord, that you'd bring uh, a, a, a final resolution to this that would uh, be a blessing to her and uh, glorify you as well. Now, Lord, help us as we look at this portion of Scripture that we learn from it, and you'd get glory thereby. In Jesus' name, amen. So in verses 20 through 27, we see the story of... Uh, 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 Gehazi, who had been a faithful servant to Elisha for many years. <laughs> now you read some of the chapters before this, and you see that he was a faithful uh, servant uh, uh, for many years to uh, uh, Elisha. I mean, just anything Elisha asked him to do, he did it, and uh, he just seemed like uh, he had a good testimony and a good uh, 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 example of faithfulness uh, as a servant here to the master. But we see here he falls into sin. We see here he falls into sin. And the main sin we see here, I believe, is covetousness, covetousness. And the Bible says much about covetousness. And I said, hey, you know, hey, I'm thinking, boy, this would be a good time to talk about covetousness, right? We're all thinking about all the gifts we're going to get for Christmas. So, you know, we'll just quench that with talking about covetousness. How's that? I said, remember this, children. Amen. Amen. When you're clicking through Amazon and all those things, right? Remember these, just joking. So the Bible has much to say about covetousness. Let me just give you a couple of verses. Colossians 3, 5 says, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, and then it mentions several things, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Covetousness, which is idolatry. Then it says this in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 10. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 10 say this. <coughs> it starts off telling us how we should be, and then it gives us a warning in verse uh, uh, 9 and 10. It says, verse 6 says, 1 Timothy 6, But godliness with contentment is great gain. Boy, that's a, a whole lot in that verse right there. Notice it says, godliness with contentment. And usually you don't find contentment unless you have a desire and a heart for godliness and holiness. You have a heart for God, and then uh, it'll be easier to find contentment. But that's great gain. Great gain, the Bible says. For we brought nothing into this world, and, here, and it's certain <laughs> we're going to carry nothing out. Amen. We're not going to carry nothing out. Like I say, you never see any U-Hauls on the way to the graveyard. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. Having food and raiment, let us be there with content. But then verse 9 goes on to say, But they that will be rich fall into temptation. Now you got to remember, the Bible doesn't say there's wrong with having resources. You know, a lot of uh, God's servants were wealthy in the Bible. 
But it says, they that will be rich, right? Those that have their hearts set on those things, fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which draw, drown men in destruction and perdition. And then this verse 10, for the love of money, not having money, the love of money is the root of all evil. That's why when you see things, they always say, what? Especially in politics, follow the money trail, right? <clears throat> follow the money trail, which, which goes on to say here, which while some coveted after, while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Notice that statement. While some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. And so in this story with Gehazi, we see an example of that, right? Of course, we know another good example in the Bible was what? Was, a, was Achan? <laughs> Why was he Achan when that story was through, right? Yeah, that was a bad situation. So, but we see another example here with Gehazi. So, <laughs> Uh, uh, let, let us uh, notice again here, uh, beginning with verse uh, 20, it says, But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, Behold, my master has spared Nahum, his Sir the Syrian, and not receiving at his hands that which he brought. But as the Lord liveth, I will run after him and take somewhat of him. So here we see what happens with Gehazi. He falls into sin. He becomes covetous. And so uh, uh, this is exactly, again, what happened to Gehazi. I think the story here between Gehazi, the servant of Eli and Elisha, the master. Notice, think about this thought. The servant and the master perfectly illustrates what can happen to a faithful servant, a believer, who has a good testimony... But then Satan suddenly, through his subtlety, slips in, slips in. So we need to stay alert and realize, no matter how long we've been a faithful servant, no matter how long we've been a, a faithful servant, listen, we are still on the devil's radar. We are still on the devil's radar. Boy, how many, how sad it's been to see even uh, people that were faithful servants uh, for years, and then something in the last uh, days slipped in on their life, slipped in on their lives. So we need to realize, you know, we never reach that point. Well, you know, I think I can handle things. No, no, you need to realize even today and young people, you need to realize you are on the devil's radar and we must not be ignorant of his devices. Second Corinthians 2.11 says this, lest Satan should get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. <laughs> and so we ever have to be alert. We ever have to be alert. So notice the steps to Gehazi's fall. First, <clears throat> I think the first thing I noticed here was he questions his master's decision. He questions his master's decision. The, the master made a decision. He said, uh, uh, Nahum came and said, hey, uh, man, I'd like to be a blessing to you. I'd like to give you something here. And, and Elijah says, no, we don't want nothing from you. You keep those things. Amen. We want to make sure God gets the glory here. And, uh, but what does uh, 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 Gehazi say? Gehazi, the servant of Elijah, the man of God, said, behold, my master hath spared. So I believe here he is questioning... <laughs> his master's decision. He's questioning the master's decision. Behold, my master has spared. Well, listen, anytime Satan can put a question mark in your heart 
and mine about a decision the Lord has made, you are on dangerous ground. Anytime he can get, boy, just a little question in your mind about a decision the Lord made that affected your life and begin you get you to question God's decision making and what God's doing in your life, you're on dangerous ground. And of course, you know, that's how he got Adam and Eve. Boy, he just got that question mark in their heart and mind. You know, uh, why did God allow this in my life? Why hasn't God answered that prayer yet? Why is he doing this in my life? Maybe Gehazi thought, you know, hey, why didn't he want his servant to be blessed? I can't believe he didn't let me get some. I've been a faithful servant. Man, you know, he could at least have given a little something to me. You know, I've been faithful to him all these years. Listen, we must never get to the point where we think God owes us anything. <laughs> amen. Where we think God owes us anything. We are always, amen, no matter how long we've been saved, how long we've been served. What's the Bible say? Hey, once you've done everything you're supposed to do, you're, you're an unprofitable servant. Well, that's pretty tough. That's pretty tough words, but that's what the, the Bible says. Hey, you're simply just doing uh, what's required of you. You're just simply doing what's required of you. Perhaps uh, 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 Gehazi thought maybe he, he, he deserved uh, uh, some things. But anyway, I think we see here that he questioned the master's decision about why he did that concerning Nahum. Boy, we got to be careful about ever questioning God's decisions in our life. Because the moment you do that, you open a door, you give a foothold to Satan, amen, to slip some things into your heart and to slip things into your life. You need to ask God, amen, to, to, to guard you against ever questioning uh, the decisions of the master of our Lord. And then I think from there you see he turned to his own reasoning, he says, again, notice what he says here. Behold, my master has spared Nahum, this Syrian. I think you can notice how he says that. Spared Nahum, this Syrian. I think he goes to, to reason, to me at least. You can almost hear the disdain in his voice. How could my master let this enemy of Israel get off so easy? How could my master let this enemy of Israel get off so easy? You know, when we start reasoning God's will, when we start reasoning God's decision, instead of relying on his wisdom being above ours, we're going to get sidetracked. You know, when you don't like a decision God has made for your life, you know, why is God leading us this direction or why is God not letting us uh, do this or why, why is God uh, uh, all of a sudden changing uh, 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 the direction for this or, again, uh, bringing those questions up before God, right? When, when we don't like a decision God has made, don't try to reason or connive a way to get your own way in the situation, Amen. A good example of that right here. Uh, Sister Judy's a good example of that, right? We don't understand why God allowed this in our life. And I'm sure she could have went up there and tried to connive and tried to reason this and that. But she set a good example. She's faithfully waited on uh, the Lord. That would have been a good uh, example of going in there and, and trying to, you know, uh, 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 do, do some things and go up there with the poochy lip and all that stuff and uh, try to get your get your own way uh, get your own way way out of it. Listen again, the master does not owe you an explanation for his decision. 
He doesn't owe you an explanation uh, for the decision that he has made. So don't try to, to, to figure out or reason out or try to figure out a way to get your own way in that situation. I've seen reasoning lead a, a many a once solid believers astray. I've seen re, they go into re, I've seen a lot of people get off doctrinally because they go in uh, uh, to reasoning. You know, I've, I've seen a lot of American missionaries leave the King James Bible when they get to the mission field. Because they get over there, those people don't have a good Bible, but yet, you know, uh, they use it and things like that, and they, and, and they, you know, they use it among those people, and all of a sudden they think, well, hey, you know, it's working over here or whatever, and then they go into reasoning, amen, and then they get all, get all sidetracked on things. We don't use reasoning in dealing with uh, God's decisions and in the things of God. So he made, he, he, he reasoned it and he made a bad decision and he got covetous in his heart. And of course, we see what happened. He goes after Nahum. So verse 21, so Nahum followed after, so Gehazi followed after Nahum. And when Nahum saw him running after him, he lighted down uh, from the chariot to meet him and said, is all well? Look at verse 22. And he said, all is well, my master, my master has sent me, saying, behold, look what he says here. Even now there be come to me from Mount Ephraim two young men of the sons of the prophets. Give them, I pray thee, a talent of silver and two changes of garments. Boy, uh, uh, young people, you need to realize, listen, you can't, you, 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 you take one step. Listen, you never sin just once. One sin quickly leads to another. One sin quickly leads to another. And it isn't amazing how often people try to put a spiritual twist on their sin. Oh, listen, we got some sons of the prophets just happened to stop by, and we just wanted to be a blessing and encouragement to them. Well, how many times people try to spiritualize or find a good excuse for their sin? But realize this, once sin, once sin gets in your heart, it's usually going to show up, amen? It won't be long, it'll be coming out of your lips. Once sin gets in your heart, it won't be long that it's coming out of your lips. And so he had for the sin of covetousness, now what? Leads to great lies, leads to great uh, uh, twisting uh, 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 of truth. Uh, young people, you, you, you need to, to, to realize, listen, sin is not something you play with. Once you start down that road, I've used the example before, and you think you know, well, hey, well, you know, I'm not going to let this thing go too far. <laughs> you never know. I tell people all the time, you think, you thinking you know where, you, where this thing is going to stop or you can stop it, I said, you might as well get on a big old slide and cover it with grease and then tell somebody where you're going to stop on the way down. <laughs> That's about how uh, sin is once you head down that road. And so, of course, we see here just one sin leads to another. But you need to remember this. What happens next? So he, he gets it and he comes back. And then what happens? He, 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 the, the two people help him. He takes it and he puts it into his house. And then what happens in verse 25? But he went in and stood before his master. Here's the reality. Amen. Uh, you, might, you, might think you, you might think you got away with something. Oh, look, man, I, I went down there. Uh, Nahum didn't know anything. Boy, I fooled him. And he's going to be back in Syria. So he's never going to know. He's never going to know the difference. And uh, nobody uh, saw me uh, uh, take that stuff and put it in my house. Nobody knows what I do. As far as they know, I was probably doing something for Elisha. So, man, I got this thing taken care of. Oh, my friend, remember, listen, <laughs> you, sooner or later, you're going to have to stand before the master. 
Sooner or later, you're going to have to stand before the master and give an accounting. But he went in and he stood before his master. Here's again, here's the reality. Sooner or later, hey, you may think you got away with something. You may think nobody knows. Oh, listen, too bad life isn't that easy. There's always somebody that knows. And the reality is sooner or later, you're going to have to stand before the master and give an account. So here he says he stood before his master. And you know what? The master loves you too much to let you get away with sin. The master loves you too much to let you get away with sin. And then, of course, Gehazi just makes it worse. What's he say here? He says, that, but he went in and stood before his master. And Elijah said unto him, whence comest thou, Gehazi? And he said, thy servant went no whither. Thy servant went no Whither? Listen, he makes it worse by lying to the master. By lying to the master. Hey, uh, Proverbs 28, 13. Hey, let me share. Young people, well, everybody should have this, but I want to say, especially to young people, this is a verse that you need to highlight. This is a verse that young people, actually everybody should have it memorized, but I would challenge the young people to memorize this verse. Proverbs 28, 13 says this, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. Boy, I, I, I remember one time I, I preached from this verse uh, in Germany. And what I did is I, I, got a, I brought in a bag of trash and I set it on the stage and then I covered it with a blanket and I put a sign up that said, stay away, stay away. Of course, everybody came in, was curious about what it was, you know, curious about what it was. Well, hey, there's no way I could hide. Just because I put a cover on it, doesn't mean nobody could see it, amen? Doesn't mean nobody could see it. Everybody want to know what was under that cover, right? And I said, well, that's none of your business. Everybody said, what's under that cover? I said, that's none of your business what's under that cover, right? Hey, listen, uh, they didn't know what it was, but they knew there was something. They knew there was something. Hey, listen, uh, listen, you are not going to fool God. You're not going to fool the master. And of course, uh, the other half of the verse says, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. The best thing to do is just take the trash out. Don't try to hold on to it. Don't try to cover your sin. The best thing you do is let the blood cover your sin. Get it right. Get it quick. Get it right as quick as you can. Uh, young people, listen. Uh, everyone, it, 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 listen, we, 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 all, we all make our mistakes. We all make bad decisions. And the best thing to you is not try to fool the master. Don't try to uh, 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 get by with the Lord. The best thing to do is confess it immediately and get it right immediately and move forward. Get it right immediately and move forward. And because he didn't deal with it uh, immediately, he ended up paying a greater price for that. In that pain, listen, the longer you hold on to sin, the longer you stay in that sin, the bigger the price you're going to pay, the bigger consequence you're going to have for that sin. And notice what the, the master says here in verse 26. We see here, what happened? And he said unto him, look at this statement here. Boy, this, is a, this is a convicting statement. And he said unto him, Think about this. This is the master talking. Went not my heart with thee. Man, if you have any conscience at all and the master makes a statement like that, boy, I mean, how could you just not immediately 
fall under great conviction. How convicting is that? You see, he had lost a conscious awareness of his master's heart. He'd lost a conscious awareness, I believe, of his master's heart. They'd been together. Their hearts had been knit together. He said, went not my heart with thee. How convicting is that? We We must remember, as children of God, we must remember, we take the Lord with us wherever we go. We take the Lord with us. He said, didn't my heart go with you? You need to remember, hey, you might be able to slip away from your parents. You might be able to slip away from anyone else. But if you're a child of God, wherever you go, you take the Lord's heart with you. His heart is ever with us. Now, the master may not always have your heart because you've slipped into sin. The master may not always have your heart, but once you're his child, you always have his heart with you, watching over you and caring for you. The master may not always have your heart, but you always have his. It really comes down to this in these things. Do you trust the master's heart? That's what, that's what the Christian life's about when making these decisions and, and you don't understand these decisions. And, you know, uh, Gehazi, I can't believe, I don't understand why the master made that decision. I don't know why he let him get away with that. I don't know why he didn't do this or do that. The question is, do you trust the master's heart? When you have all those questions in your life, when you're wondering why he's allowing this, when you're wondering why he did this or he didn't do that or why he hasn't answered that prayer yet or why he hasn't met uh, that need yet, listen, do you trust the master's heart? That's the question at the end of the day. With everything that goes on in your life, do you trust the master's heart? Ephesians 5.30 says this, We are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bone. Think about that. He says, my heart went with you. Boy, if he could say that, now we realize they didn't, you know, we're using this as an example of the master and the servant. But he, he says, because we know by his spirit, his heart went with him. But how much more in our relationship with our Lord is his heart with us? And do we, we realize that we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bone? You see, many people think God is holding them in his hand, right? You know, we like to say he's got the whole world in his hand. No, he doesn't have the whole world in his hand. The whole world, you know, stays there uh, by his power. But many people think God is holding them in his hand. Listen, uh, uh, listen, if you're saved, you're not in his hand. You're part of his hand. Amen. You're part of his hand. You're part of Jesus Christ. You're part of his hand. That's better. Amen. Hey, listen, uh, listen, I've I've dropped some things that were in my hand. Amen. You ever drop anything that was in your hand? But you know what? In, in 56 years, I know I don't look that old. 56 years, I have yet to drop a finger. Amen. Uh, never lost a uh, never uh, lost a thumb. Listen uh, so far. Amen. All present and accounted for. All present and accounted for. If you are saved, you are part of his hand. And wherever you go. Be conscious that his heart goes with you. Amen. And his heart is sensitive to everything that you are up to. And so what happens, he says, and he said, my heart did not, my heart not went, not my heart with thee. When the man turned again from his chariots to meet thee, is it a time to receive money and to receive garments and olive yards and vineyards and sheep and oxen and men servants and maid servants? Hey, listen, uh, 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 don't let these things sidetrack you. 
Amen? God's will and God's glory is more important than any material thing out there. And then what happened? The leprosy, therefore, of Naaman shall cleave unto thee and unto thy seed forever. And he went out from his presence a leper as white as snow. You know, listen, he was still able to serve the master, but he was still affected by these decisions the rest of his life. That decision affected him the rest of his life. And we need to remember that. Listen, you say, but we're in the New Testament. Hey, you need to remember, even in the New Testament economy, you can make young people, everyone, you can still make decisions, even as a child of God, that even though you might still be able to serve God, they can have an impact, right, on you for the rest of your life. Life. They can still have an impact you on the rest of your life. We need to remember this. Yes, our sins are forgiven, but we can still make decisions that can have a big impact on us in this life. Amen. Thank God. Amen. We're forgiven our sins for time and eternity, but we can still. Listen, I, I know people uh, that got saved, and uh, of course, this was before they got saved, that maybe they were an alcohol, a drunk or something, but you know what? They still died of cirrhosis of the liver. I know people that they were saved, and then they got in into sin. And you know what? They, they, they ended up dying or something else ended up happening to them, even though they were saved. And we need to realize that. Just because you are saved does not mean there are no consequences for your decisions. Hey, young people, hey, thank God you're saved. But listen, if, if you get out in this world, boy, you can get some deep scars, and you can pay some heavy consequences for the decisions that you make. Thank God you can come back to the Lord. Thank God you can get it right, but you can have scars that you will carry with you for the rest of your life in this life. Galatians 6, 7 says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. That is a New Testament verse. And even as believers, right, if you get into sin, you can still pay a heavy price for the sin that you fall into, even as a believer. You know, a lot of people think, oh, wow, you know, that's just God's judgment upon his life. You know, God gets blamed for a lot of things that, you know, he's not really responsible for. Listen, uh, that God, well, uh, God will kill that person or God will do this. No, listen, listen. They went out there, they made some decisions, and they're simply reaping what they sowed by their bad decision-making. Just like Gehazi here. He's what? He's simply reaping what he sowed with a bad decision here. So may the Lord protect us. Well, first of all, we saw here from covetousness and other such sins. May we trust the master's decisions. May we stay faithful servants of the master. And remember, his heart is with us and watching over us. And that no matter how long we've listened, we've been faithful servants, if we don't ask God to help us guard our heart, amen, we could easily, amen, begin to question God's decisions and the devil slip in and who knows what we would do next. So this needs to be part of our daily prayers. I know it's part of my daily prayer. Part of my daily prayer every day is, Lord, protect me from the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. So uh, let uh, Gehazi's little example here uh, be a, a warning to us, amen, that we can trust the master's decision. And listen, uh, don't think that we're going to get away uh, with anything because the servant's heart, the master's heart uh, is always uh, with us. 
And boy, I'd hate uh, uh, to, 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 to be that far along in my Christian life that all of a sudden make a decision that's going to affect my service for the Lord the rest of my life. 